Good morning, Victory. How you doing? Good morning, good morning. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us, as Anobia said, we'd love to just connect with you. We just believe that the, one of the best things about church is community. And so obviously Sunday mornings are great. You get to worship, you get a word, but you, you really need a tribe. You need a group of people that you can do life with, and we want to do our best to connect you to that. So whether you grab the, the card in front of you or go to the Welcome Center QR code, whatever it might be, do that so that our team can reach out and make connection and, and help move you forward. Uh, I, I want a couple of exciting things to talk about. I, I realized this morning that we are halfway through 2023. Is that crazy? Six months ends in the next couple of days, and um, we'll have six months left of this year, and it's crazy. I, I feel like I just remember celebrating uh, the end of 22, uh, as we said farewell to that year and, and welcomed in this year. Um, but, but we were talking, some of our team were talking, and in the first half of this year, we've seen almost 40 people go through Growth Track and join into our dream team and part of our church. Come on, isn't that incredible? It's awesome. And so we're just believing great. We've, we've seen great. We've moved into two services, right? Isn't that awesome? And, and we've seen great numbers throughout the summer, which is really exciting. So it lets us know as we get into August, we're going to focus on a series, how to overcome worry and anxiety. We're going to go into September and talk vision. And then October is going to be at the movies. You ready for that? Uh, and then the end of the year. And it's just going to be a great, great time. I also want to say thank you to every person that's trusting God with your finances through tithes and offerings. God's doing so much through our church financially. Uh, we've had people who have, have, be, have begun to trust God with that over the beginning of this first year. Uh, and if you're looking to do that, as the video says, we encourage you to do that through online, through you can give as you walk out. But we're just able to do so much. And I always like to take a second and just share something that we're doing so you guys are aware of how your money's doing ministry, even if you can't physically be there. Next Saturday night, so about 5.30, it will be actual time till 9, we'll be at Lee Victory Park in Smyrna. And so what happens is there's a big firework event, food trucks, live music. We'll set up a tent. We'll be giving out glow-in-the-dark necklaces and bracelets and talking about the church. We'll have a dunk tank up there, which I'll be in. You're more than welcome to get in it if you want to, if you want to volunteer to do it. But you can also come out and just help us serve the community. We'll share about the church. There'll be plenty of time for you to go enjoy the food trucks and the games and all that. And then at about 9 o'clock, we all walk over. You don't have to stay then, but we walk over and enjoy the fireworks together. And so if you want to be there, we encourage you. You can sign up at the Welcome Center to serve, or you can just show up around 5, 5.30 on Saturday night so that we can do church together at uh, f- uh, 4th of July in the park. Amen? Exciting? Excited about that? All right. Hey, we bring a series to close, as Brian mentioned today, the series Following Jesus. And uh, kind of the concept here is that we've been talking about how to practically walk through the Bible together and how to practically be discipled with Jesus together and what it looks like. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about reading our Bible. We've talked about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, uh, water baptism, Holy Communion, the church, how to share your faith, so many things. And we're bringing it to close today with a message that I think is going to be simple, but it's going to be very powerful. It's, to me, what I believe, probably one of the most vital messages if we're going to be a follower of Jesus, especially in our culture today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. As you're turning there, uh, again, what you're going to see is just kind of a, a presentation of how you and I are supposed to be operating and walking since we are following Jesus Christ. I got my references confused in first service, and so if you're in both services, you're like, wait a minute, I thought we were in Acts. Got confused, but Colossians chapter 3, as you're turning there, we're going to start reading at verse 12. You can, t- you can be on your Bible, your personal Bible, uh, your phone, our app, or the screen behind me. Here we go. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, everybody say, I'm chosen. 
You are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. For if any of you has a grievance against someone, watch this, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and you admonish, admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word, whether you're speaking or a deed, in action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I want to talk to you from this simple thought today. Be kind. Be kind. Before we get in the message, I want to give a shout out to our youth girls. They had a sleepover last night, and so they're coming in. They got their coffee on the front row ready to go, and so I got, this is, this is one just for y'all special, so get ready. Um, Darla and I recently got to go to a restaurant with her parents. Uh, we, we were celebrating being able to see them. And we got to the restaurant, and, and my wife has never met a stranger. She talks to everybody, and so I can't find her at the restaurant, and I find out she is in a conversation with the head chef, because that's how she rolls, apparently. Uh, she, she needed to get vegan food, and so she's talking through that whole concept with them, and she, she introduces me to him, and we end up having this conversation with him, and, and we go to sit down to eat dinner, and next thing we know, he shows up to our table with this plate of, like, fresh garlic-made shrimp. And so he sets it on the table. It was delicious. And so we're talking to him for a few minutes, and we're eating it and telling him compliments to the chef. Huh? Yeah. And he says, uh, he says tomorrow night we're going to have these lobster claws. And we're like, oh, man, lobster claws. And he's like, yeah, we already got them, but we're, they're a special tomorrow night. And we're like, that's great. And he's like, you know what? Hold on. And he disappears for a minute, and he comes back with a plate of cooked lobster claws, puts those on our table, and we're freaking out, and we're like, well, can you, can you sit down? Can you, you know, can you enjoy this with us? And he's like, sure. So he pulls up a chair, and he's sitting at our table, the head chef. We got all this free food, and we're just eating 20, 30 minutes, laughing, having a good time, and finally he's like, I should probably go back to work, and we're like, okay. So he gets up, and he disappears, and a few minutes go by, and we, there was a gentleman that was kind of, you know, busting our table throughout the night, and he comes back over, we're done eating, obviously, and he's getting ready to take all the plates, and he's like, uh, you know, did you enjoy your meal? And we said, oh, it was delicious. And he goes, oh, that's great to hear. I haven't, I'm new, I haven't had a chance to eat here. And we're like, oh, man, you should definitely eat here. And my mother-in-law is like, could you just have this? You know, because we had leftover shrimp and leftover lobster claws, and she's like, can we just, you know, can we just box this up and give it to you? You know, and we're all like, yeah, you, you should have it, you should have it. And, and so we're having this conversation, and, and, and he talks for a minute, and he walks away. Seconds later, he comes back, and he's got tears in his eyes. And he said, I just wanted to let y'all know y'all are some of the kindest people I've ever met. He's like, we don't, you know, I don't normally have these kind conversations with people. And we're like, what? And so we start talking to him, and we start talking to him about Jesus and kind of find out one of his family members had just passed away, and he was prepping for the funeral, and he hadn't been to church in a long time. And he was like, I'm going to church this Sunday. And it was just this phenomenal time together. And we leave, and our, our, her parents and me and her, and we're talking, and we're like, you know, Sometimes you just don't know how much people just need a kind word, you know? My point to that I want to express to you is that kindness, I think, is often underrated. I, I think we forget about just how powerful it is. And we equate kindness with this, like, being nice or, or being pleasant. 
as though it's just mainly about not ruffling feathers. Like if I can just not cause problems or, or shake up anything, I'm kind. But, but I think Jesus presents a different, a, a more compelling portrait of kindness. I think when you study the life of Jesus, especially obviously when he was, he was actually physically on earth, if you watch the way he interacts with people, it was just this supernatural kindness. It was the kind of kindness that broke barriers. It was the kindness that, that took the separation from ethnicity or race or, 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 you know, whether male or female, it took that away and it brought people together. It was a real supernatural kindness. And when I was growing up, I always heard this statement, Kill them with kindness. Y'all remember hearing that growing up? Which is so ironic, right? Like, like there's, there's nothing positive about killing anybody. Like, you've never walked up and been like, hey, buddy, I'm going to kill you later. And they're like, thanks, man. You know, like, like killing is negative. You know, it's like, I'm going to murder you with a compliment. Like, it just doesn't really line up correctly. And so, but, but that's what you were taught. And yet when you study Jesus, he's not out to kill anybody with kindness. What you see in Jesus is he shows us how to cure them with kindness, right? You constantly see him healing hearts, not just physical bodies, but spirits and hearts and minds through the idea of kindness. And if you study the movement of Christianity, when Jesus dies and resurrects and ascends to heaven, this, this Christian movement begins and Christianity takes off and you see it happen through the book of Acts and Romans and of course into the letters of Paul and the, one of the driving forces of Christianity, I understand that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was by far the driving force, but, but one of the driving forces was just love. They were just kind. They were loving. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by how you what? Love. By how you love, not how you condemn people, not how you convict them, not how excellent are your church services that you hold, but how do you love them? Jesus says, you love because I first loved you. And so literally the message of Jesus, the movement of, the, of Christianity, of the gospel, the movement of Christianity was love. It was kindness. It was, it was showing people value when nobody else saw value in them. I think God's love is more operated like sign language than spoken outright. I think a lot of times we can express the love of God better by action than we can by words. That, that simply, when I say sign language, I just mean the aspect of what we're doing, our actions. You've always heard actions, uh, what is it, actions are louder than words, speak louder than words. And so it's the same concept with the gospel. You, you can't say that God loves them and then treat them like they have no value, you know? It, it's, it's how we act. And out of, uh, out of the overflow of the love of God that you and I have comes our love for people. It's, the, it's God's, when we understand, and by the time you leave here today, you're going to understand God's love for you. When we understand God's love for us, out of that love comes our love for other people. And then as a result of that, we actually are, we express our love for God in how we love people. And when we love what God loves, we're expressing our love towards God. And here's another statement. I believe that our love for people is what should compel them to come back to God. I think when, when people see the way we love them, the, our kindness, our gentleness, people say, what's different about you? Well, it's Jesus. Okay, then I want to know Jesus. I think it's important. I think God is wanting to reveal himself to us, but he's also wanting to reveal himself through us, and that takes us being kind. So let's go back to the Bible for a second. 
This is in the book of Acts. Watch this. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 says, This message has spread all through Judea, beginning with John the Baptist in Galilee. And you no doubt know that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power. Watch this. And he went around doing good. He went around doing good and healing all who were possessed by demons. Do you notice doing good came first? Yes, he had this miraculous power. Yes, he was delivering people from demons, but he was also being kind. Jesus was going around doing good. He was nice to people. He loved people. He was kind to people. Yes, he'd suck a demon out of them, but at the same time, he was kind to them. Well, it's awkward, but it's important. Sometimes the the power in Jesus' ministry was through his miracles. I mean, sometimes he did things that were just transformational. Sometimes the power of Jesus' ministry was in his teaching. There were times where people said, man, who is he was speaking with that kind of authority? But sometimes the power of Jesus' ministry was just in him being kind. Now, please understand, I'm not asking you to finish this service today, get up, walk out, and be kind to the world by your own strength. That would be silly. I have to be careful to say this because I don't want to come off mean, but, but you are not a kind person, <laughs> okay? Like, I know you're like, wait a minute, dude. Like, that's not what I'm, I'm just saying. Like, we're naturally not kind people. Anytime that we express kindness, it's a reflection of God. There is nothing about us that is naturally kind because we are naturally self-focused. That's, that's, that's how we naturally, our flesh is, so watch this. So we're kind when it benefits us right? But naturally, we're not kind if there's nothing in it for us. Naturally, we're not kind if it comes against us. Naturally, we are self-focused. But something happens when we are changed by Christ and we are kind through Christ. This is why being religious, listen to me, doesn't make you kind. Attending church doesn't make you kind. There's plenty of unkind people in the church I get an amen. amen. Look at the person beside. I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Let's not do that. <laughs> but religious doesn't, being religious doesn't make you kind. Changing to become like Jesus Christ is what makes you kind. That's what, uh, it's funny. I, uh, I've always had the ability to communicate, to, to, to use words effectively, okay? But pre-Jesus, they were not kind. <laughs> they were very rarely kind at all. Uh, you know, I, I just had that natural ability to kind of snap back. In my high school, we called it checking. Y'all remember checking? Like, like anybody? Am I that old? Anybody here remember checking? <laughs> we don't know how to check, sir. We don't know what that is. Um, but it, it, it means insulting, okay, is what it means. But we were checking. Like, mama, like your mama, you know, like your mama's so big. Never mind. All right. So we, did, we had abilities to check. We were so good at it. We could just naturally. And sometimes if you catch me on the wrong day, I can kind of slip back into that, right? Like out of nowhere, you just accidentally do it. Because naturally, that's me. Naturally, I want to use those words in a negative way. But when I, are, when I am changed by Jesus, when Christ enters and I have a relationship with Jesus, that starts to change. And now my words are being used for kindness. Now my words are being used for building up instead of tearing down. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. So therefore, true kindness is Spirit-produced. 
So, so when you and I choose to follow Jesus, we accept Christ as our Savior, there's a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is producing things. And so there are things that will actually come out of you that you don't even know. Like now you're gentle, and you don't know how. Or now you're patient, and you've never been patient before. Or now you're gentle, and you don't know how. Or now you're kind, and you don't know how. Because it is the fruit of the Spirit. It's when you see an apple on a tree, and you can't quite explain how the apple got there. It's the same way that as Christ is moving in your life, now all of a sudden you're more kind than you've ever been. And you don't know how it happened because you're still the same you know, person you were when you were 17. But, but now you're more kind because Jesus is changing you. And now that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And it's the actual Holy Spirit that helps you and I get from however to be able to embrace the whoever. Here's what I mean by that. Every one of us have a however. Every one of us have kind of an imaginary line that once you cross it, I can't be kind to you anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like, I'm, like I'm kind to them. However, if they do this, I'm putting my hands on them suddenly. You know what I mean? Like, we're not, like, like I'll be kind to them. However, if they cut me off in traffic, I'm not kind to them anymore. Anybody in here? Is that you? Yeah. I, I, I'll be kind to them. However, if they mess up my food, then I'm not going to be kind to them. I, I, I'm kind to them. However, if they disrespect me, it's over. I, I'll be kind to them. However, if they, they say something again on social media, let them say one more thing. I'm done. Here's the one I often struggle with. I'm kind. However, they talk about my kids. You know what I mean? Let me have a little therapy session here for a second. And so what, what Christ is wanting to do is he's wanting to identify our however and change that so that we can embrace whoever, that we can be kind to whoever. I, I think we often make loving people a lot more difficult than Jesus did, right? It's just something in us. Like we just want to label certain things and certain people that whether or not they deserve kindness or whether they deserve any kind of value or respect or love. And, and Jesus just made it very easy. Jesus said God loves everyone. He just kind of made it, let me just make it very easy for you. He, he makes it so much easier. When we watch him in scriptures, he, he doesn't have a however. It doesn't matter who you are. Jesus just walks in and is like, what's up, man? How you doing? Like Jesus was just kind to everybody. But here's what's so interesting about Jesus that I feel like you and I really need to embrace. Jesus never compromised his integrity or his stand or his belief, yet he was never mean or hateful. Did you catch that? He never compromised his integrity. There was never a moment where you wondered if Jesus was the Son of God, if he believed Scripture. You never wondered any of that, but yet he was never mean and hateful. He was kind to sinners of all levels. The Bible goes through the worst sinner of the worst. He was kind to, but he never ever uh, um, sacrificed his integrity, never compromised it. He would have dinner with sinners, and religious people are like, what are you doing? doing? And Jesus says, I'm not compromising anything. I'm being kind because it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. And so I'm being kind to those that need God, but I am not sacrificing my integrity because sometimes being kind to someone could be the first step to them being saved. I read an article from a young lady. She wrote a memoir about her journey from being a committed lesbian to being a committed Christian, her journey from, from being a committed lesbian to changing 
repenting and then becoming a committed Christian. She, she writes this, this memoir about it. She has this interesting section where she says that at a certain point in her journey, she just assumed Christians were negative, that they were just, you know, hateful people. And she says, because at some point she wrote a critique, an article, a critique about an evangelistic ministry. Now, I don't know what she said. I don't know how hateful it was. I'm not, I'm not saying anything like that. Just listen to my point. She, she makes the critique, and now she gets all of this hate mail from Christians, which seems ironic to me that you could get hate mail from Christians, but whatever. And so she's getting all this mail, and some people that are not Christians are in support of what she said, so she's putting them in a pile, and then she's getting all of her the hate mail from Christians, she's putting them in a pile, and she's saying one pile is, is drastically outweighing the other. And she opens up this letter from a local pastor in the area, and it is a two-page letter. And she said after she read it, she, didn't, she wasn't sure which pile to put it in, because she said, he, he didn't agree with my stance, but he was kind. She said, she said he had opposing questions and, and he had disagreements. She said, but he saw me. She treated me like a person, like he was kind, but he didn't bend on where he stood. Like he was able to hold up his integrity, but yet make me feel like there was value to my life. And so she said, for seven days, that letter stayed on my desk because she said, I didn't know what to do with it. She said she ended up befriending him and his wife and they were vital to her journey from being a committed lesbian to being a committed Christian. That's powerful. There was somebody who had disagreements, who, who, who did not believe that, who had a stance on the opposite side, but said, I don't have to be hateful for you to see this. I can disagree with you and yet be kind. Listen to me. We don't have to be like someone to reach them but we do have to like them. You don't have to be like them, but you do have to like them. That's important because sometimes kindness is that first step to helping someone experience salvation or experience change. Jesus was on a mission to care more about others than himself. And he invites you and I to join him on that mission. There are a lot people who are hungry for God, they just don't have a good picture of him. I, I had started writing notes down for this sermon weeks ago. It, I was talking to some people after church. They have a small group that meets, and in their small group Thursday night, they talked about this concept, and, and one of the young ladies in the group was like, were you, were you spying on our group? And I said, no. I said, I've, I've had this idea written down for about seven weeks now. I knew I was preaching it today. But in all this, when you start writing a message like that, you'll start to see things that stand out. And I was, I can't remember if I was watching TV or, or wherever it was, but this commercial came on. And the commercial was just a montage of people doing kind things for strangers. And it was just somebody did this kind thing and somebody did this kind thing. And it was, it was pretty awesome. Got to the end of the, of the commercial and this statement came up on the screen and it said, being kind doesn't cost anything. And it was funny because I had this weird, like at first I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I was like, that's my sermon right there. That you and I don't cost us anything that, that we can just go. You might, not be, you might not have talent by your mindset. Maybe you can't sing, or, or, but you can go be kind. And so that was kind of my, I was like, yeah, we can all, all of us right now, let's get up and let's go be kind. Like that was kind of my, my heart behind it, my thought behind it. And then I thought some more and I said, but I, actually that's not true. Like, like being, being kind does cost us something. It's not free, not, not true kindness. And here's what I mean. 
You being kind may cost you your pride. You, you being kind may cost you your convenience. You being kind may cost you money. You being kind may cost you some friends. You being kind may cost you your schedule. It may even cost you whatever certain things that you like, but the point is that for you to be truly kind, it does cost something. There, there will be moments where in order for you to be kind like Christ, in order for you to be able to cure somebody with kindness, that it's going to cost you something. But here's where you can be encouraged. Loving people is what we were meant to do. It's what we were meant to do. I, I used to always, for fun, I'd ask this question, you know, just to friends who I knew could handle it and not think I was having some theological debate. I would just say, like, hey, I always wonder why God didn't just take me up to heaven the moment that I accepted Christ as my Savior. Because he knows that in this world I'm going to sin again. So at that moment, just, you know, just take me to heaven. And I would always kind of respond. I'd answer my own question, apparently. But I was always like, you know, he, he left me here so that I could share the gospel, so that I could tell people about Jesus. But another reason is he left me here so that I could love people like Jesus. It's what we were meant to do. Now, will it be messy? Yes. <laughs> will, will, will being kind to people be uncomfortable? When you try to love people the way Jesus said to, will it be uncomfortable? Yes. Will you at some point be misunderstood? Yes. All of these things are, are able to happen if you walk out and express true kindness. Jesus never said doing this would be easy. He just said it would work. You being kind to people who don't believe like you believe, you being kind to people who don't want to live the way that you're living, that's not going to always be comfortable. At some points, it's going to be messy. He never said it would be easy. He just said it would work. I remember... When, when we moved here to plant Victory, some of y'all know this. If you're newer, you, you're, you're learning a lot of these stories as we go. Um, but when we moved here, we brought about 18 people here with us. And we, did, we started meeting. It was so cool. We were meeting people organically at coffee shops and all kinds of different stuff. And we'd have these things called interest parties. And so what interest parties were is we'd meet a stranger and we'd say, hey, come to this interest party. We're starting a church. And so we'd either be at somebody's house or we'd be at a venue somewhere. And you would show up and there'd be food and uh, games and activities, music and stuff like that. And then at some point, we'd bring everybody to seats. And for about 10 or 15 minutes, I'd get up and share a little bit about what we were doing and why we were doing it. And then give people the opportunity to say, hey, I want to be a part of it. And we, we did probably six to eight of these in the matter of four to five months. It was pretty awesome. But one of the things that was really cool about it is it gave our people, because we weren't having church service yet, but it gave our people something to kind of talk to people and invite them to. So we were out talking to strangers all the time. You know, you'd be at a coffee shop and talk to somebody, be at a restaurant. And so Darla and I are at this restaurant one day, and the waiter was so nice. And anytime you get a really good waiter, it just stands out to me because there, there are not good waiters. And so anytime somebody's just great, you're just like, oh, thank you so much because I paid $4,000 for this meal. So it's nice to be able to have a refill, you know. Um, and so we meet this guy and he's so nice and we're talking to him and connecting with him and we invite him to the interest party. And so he shows up to the interest party. This one was at Brian and Erica's house and shows up and we just have a great time. We're connecting, hanging out and it's starting to end, and he walks up to me, and he says, uh, can we grab coffee sometime? I said, sure, that'd be great. So we meet up at a Starbucks in Murfreesboro, and we start kind of meeting, you know, we kind of meeting, ended up meeting four or five times in the matter of four or five months. And, 
you know, the plan was, as we talked through text messages, the plan was to kind of disciple him a little bit, talk through scripture. He was certainly new to that concept. But we get to the Starbucks the first time we're meeting, and we sit down, sitting under like a bistro table. And I had my Bible, and I put my Bible on the table, and his name was Brandon. And I was like, hey, Brandon, how you doing? And we're talking back and forth, and he says, he says, hey, Pastor Troy, before we get into anything else, Bible, the church, anything, he says, I need you to know that I'm gay. And I said, okay. He said, well, I just didn't know if that was going to mean I couldn't be a part of the church or, or I couldn't, you know, if, if I, we, maybe we didn't need to go through the Bible stuff. I said, oh, no, that doesn't mean that at all. I said, if nothing else, we, we need more. We need more to look at these scriptures. And it was such a powerful time with him because there's a lot of confusion for him and we're walking through scripture together and it wasn't a time, it wasn't about condemning. I'm just reading him the Romans road to salvation in scripture and just allowing the Holy Spirit to move. It was such a beautiful time. And so, I mean, an hour and a half, two hours just flew by. And so we got done and he's like, all right, you know, let's meet again. And I don't know, maybe the third or fourth meeting we're, we're talking about it some more. And I just stopped for a second. I said, Brandon, are you saved? Have you ever accepted Christ as your savior? And he goes, no. And so we begin to read these scriptures together and right there in the Starbucks, it gives his heart to Jesus. And it was just phenomenal. I'll never forget it. We were walking out together and he had a really funny bumper sticker on his car. And uh, I made a comment about it. And he said, uh, he said, well, he said, you know, he said something like, you know, it's just who I am. I said, but hey, God's working. God's moving. It was such a, a great conversation. And so you know, time goes by, and, and he may have visited the church one or two times. He, he, he didn't become a member of the church. He, he didn't start tithing. And like, like it was, he kind of came periodically here or there. Months go by. We've launched the church. We're, we're busy because we're trying to figure out how to even do church. And I get this text message one day from him, and he tells me that him and his boyfriend had broken up. And, it, and I don't know that it was because of revelation or transformation because of Jesus. It may have been. I don't know. It may have just been that the relationship didn't work. We didn't have that conversation. But he messages me, and he says, because this ended, he lived in an apartment with him. He said, I need to move out by the end of the week. And I said, okay. And he goes, and I don't have anybody to help me. Now, I don't know if y'all guys know this, but the worst thing in the world is to help somebody move, right? Like, I have best friends who, when they say they got to move, I'm out of the country all of a sudden. Like, man, I'm preaching on crusades. Can't be there, buddy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not fun. But there was this moment for me in that moment. He had never done anything for me. He'd made it very clear that he obviously wasn't going to be a part of the church. He had come here or there. But there was a moment for me to choose kindness, right? And so I texted him back, and I was like, tell me the date, tell me the time, I'll be there. So he tells me the date, time, show up. Surely it's just him and me. And we're moving all of his furniture out and downstairs. And one of the, one of the interesting things is at one point, his, his ex-boyfriend showed up. And we're moving the furniture together. And I couldn't help but think, like, does he think I'm the new boo? You know what I mean? Like, he's a little awkward. Like, he doesn't trade a dark chocolate for white chocolate. You know what I mean? Like, okay, see what it is. Like, we just figured out. So, yeah, whatever. So we get there. We put the furniture in. And, and we take it over to his new house. And we get there. And his mom's there. And I walk in and. She's like, you know, who are you? And I introduced myself, Troy, I pastor of Victory Church, and this is how I know Brandon. And she's just blown away by it. She pulls me aside, and she said, I just want to thank you. She said, that Brandon needs these kind of friends in his life. Friends. I thought that was interesting. 
And so, you know, finished helping him move, and you could tell he was going to try to ask. He didn't have any money. He was going to try to ask me what he could do for me. And I said, all right, man, I'll see you later. And I just got in my car and drove off. And, and it's so funny because, listen to me, that didn't, I don't have this story for you where all of a sudden he started coming to church and being as faithful, and he's right here. Like, I don't have that story. Like, to be honest with you, that was one of the last times I spoke to him. Just didn't have another opportunity. But I think God really used that moment. Because there was that time, right, where we were able to actually pray the sinner's prayer. Then he watched the love of Jesus in action. And I told you last week that some men water the seed, some men plant the seed, but God makes it grow. And so maybe helping him move, maybe kindness is planting the seed, right? You never know what God's going to do with that. But I just believe that there was some moment in his life where his heart was searching and God found him. I believe it. I guess it was about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I found out he passed away. I, I, I didn't have any contact information for his mom. I, there was a friend that put it on Facebook and I, I messaged her and I just said, hey, I'm a friend of Brandon's. Is, can you let me know what, what happened? Is there arrangements? And she never responded to me. Two years ago now, I don't, I don't have any clue. But I believe, I really do. I believe that God's word never returns void. I think it'll be cool to get to heaven and like walk in them gates. I'll, I'll be freaking out because I've never seen gold. So I'll be like, oh my gosh. Ah, stinky leg. And you hear joy. And Brandon come running. Hey man, thanks for helping me move. It's not about preaching a sermon. It's about being kind. Because sometimes being kind might be the first step to somebody being saved. And sometimes people don't know what they don't know. And the step and the opportunity for them to meet Christ begins with kindness. So how do we do it? As a church family, as humans, as parents, how, how, do, how do we walk, how, how, how do we operate in kindness? You're never going to be able to do it because you tell yourself to do it. The only way that you and I can be kind is to keep at the forefront of our mind kindness that God showed us. I want to read to you a verse out of Titus that I, I told the first service, get it tattooed on your arm. I don't know if y'all believe in tattoos, but get it. It's so, it's so good. This verse is so good. Write it on a tablet. Dude, I mean, it's, it's so good. I know I've had to read it before, but I, I texted some of my friends in the week. I said, I, I don't know the last time I read this and it's changing my life. Titus chapter three, watch this. Remind the people Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. That's to honor those that are in authority. To be obedient and to be ready to do whatever is good. If they need you to help them move, help them move. To slander no one. To be peaceable, 
and considerate. And always to be gentle toward everyone. Why? How? Watch what he goes on to say. Because at one time, we too were foolish. At one time, I was deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. At one point, I lived in malice and in envy. At one time, I was being hated, and I hated other people. You ever been there? Watch this. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. He saved us. His kindness, his grace, it saved us. Watch this. So good. Not because of righteous things that we've done. Not because we're good people, but because of his mercy, because of his grace and his kindness, he saved us. Goes on to say, he saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. That is a trustworthy saying, watch this, I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Be kind to every person because at some point we were those people and we needed the kindness of Jesus Christ. And because of the kindness of Christ, the grace of Christ, I'm saved. At some point, I was here. And because of Jesus, now I'm here. So every person that's here, I should be kind to in hopes that they might get here. Does that make sense? The message of my life, my purpose it's to show kindness to whoever, not however, to whoever. Not because I'm a good person, not even because they deserve it, but because Jesus was kind to me. And if he's kind to me, then I should be kind to them. There was this time, one, one time I got to take my oldest, Veda. I think we went as a family to Chuck E. Cheese. And, you know, we spent $1,000 for honor tickets. Y'all know how that works, right? So that we could get an eraser before we leave. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, up, we're up with her tickets to get the toys or whatever. And she's got like 175 tickets or something. I don't remember what it was. Wasn't going to get a lot. We're standing in line. And it gets to us. And the little lady behind the cash register thing, she takes the thing and she scans somebody else. Somebody had left their ticket there and somehow she scanned it twice. I don't know how she did it, but when it came up on the ringer, it was like over 600 tickets or something. And so I did what every godly man does that lives by the biblical code of life. I stepped up and I kept my mouth shut. I said, baby, get your tickets. Get your tickets, girl. Six, you got 600? Dang. And so she, she, she spent it. You know, it was great. And I was thinking, I was like, man, she's got 175. 
under 600 and something, she's going to have like almost 900 tickets. I don't know what math is. Don't worry about it. But there's going to be a lot of tickets. It's awesome. So she spends it all, and she still, she never actually gives the 175 coupon to the lady. And so we're walking out the door, and there's this little kid with his parents, and they've got like four or five tickets on the table. You know what I mean? He's not playing any games. You know, it's just that kind of deal. And we're walking out. I didn't say anything to my child. I'm just, we're walking out. I'm just like, how's your eraser? You know, that's all I was concerned about. And we're walking out, and she leans over the seat and gives that ticket to that family. It was mind-blowing for me. And we're walking out, and I'm just thinking, what, what, what in her? Right? What inside of her would even think to do it? She had been given something so great that she was empowered to turn around and give as well. Does that make sense? When you and I understand what we've been given, the grace of Jesus Christ, then how can we not turn around and give kindness to others? Amen? Everybody stand with me. I told a few folks that I think next year I'm going to take like a month and we're going to do a whole campaign of kindness. We're just going to go out all throughout the week being kind. I, I, I think it's I, it, now's the time for me to plant this seed. We'll water it over the next little while. But listen, there's, there's two kinds of people in this room right now. One person is the person who has received the grace of Jesus Christ. You understand what Titus is talking about. You know that you have been saved by Jesus and it wasn't because of anything that you've done. It was by the mercy and the grace and the kindness of Jesus Christ. And your charge when you walk out of here today is to be a reflection of that kindness. Your kindness is a reflex. Y'all know when you go to the doctor and you got your leg and they, they hit your leg and it just kind of kicks out like that? You're not making that happen. It's just a reflex. When we walk and, and put at the forefront of our mind the grace of Jesus, kindness becomes a reflex. I'm just kind. Why are you kind? Because he was kind to me. Right? The other person in this room is the person, for whatever re reason, has never embraced the grace of Jesus Christ kindness and the mercy of God. He came and died for our sins so that we could be saved. Not by our righteous acts, but by His. That's the kindness of the gospel. Do me a favor. Everybody here, close your eyes. Just for a second, close your eyes. I just want to give you a second to embrace the grace, to embrace the kindness of God. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And so if you're in here, listen to me, if you're in here and you've been trying really hard to do it on your own and you're exhausted, you're tired, you're worn out, And you need, you need saving. The Bible says that the kindness of God is that he saves us. All you got to do right now is say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. That's you confessing it with your mouth. You believe it in your heart. 
I'm going to pray in a minute, but listen to me. If that's you, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you want to do that today, when we're done, I encourage you, there's a QR code in front of you. If you'll scan that, let us know. It gives us the opportunity to follow up with you and to walk this thing out with you. But whether we're in here because we've already received the grace or maybe this is our opportunity to finally admit we need it. Let it impact us in such a way. Father, I pray right now for everybody in this room. If they are saved, I pray they would be moved by your kindness. That they would walk out of here empowered by your Holy Spirit to be kind to be kind to every family member, every friend, every person that's ever done them wrong. We forgive because you first forgave us. That there would be this mission of kindness, Father, from us. For every person in this room that's never accepted you as their Savior, I pray it would happen today. That right now they would just say, Jesus, I need you. Come on, if that's you, just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need your salvation. I need your grace. I'm a sinner, and I can't save myself. But Titus says that you saved us, and so save me. Thank you, Father. Come on, we just thank him right now in this place. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, Father. Let us be ones that go out and be kind, operating as a reflex from your grace, your mercy, your love. We worship you, Jesus. It's your breath in our lungs. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just begin to worship him in this place.